Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we've got a great guest coming all the way from L.A. Um, it's He's been in Prey, he's been in Single and Dating in Vancouver, Bucketheads, The Stand, DC Legends of Tomorrow. Literally, I could spend all day listing his credits. It's Troy Mundell. Troy, welcome to the show, sir. Good morning, Brian. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, do you know what? The pleasure, pleasure is all mine because you're resume is just stunning it really really is but before we dive in to your awesome career uh, you know the past two years have been a challenge to say the least and I just wanted to know how how has it been all this madness over where you are and how have you kept positive and moving forwards during the last two years with the the COVID situation I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're referring to uh, COVID was um, obviously a trying time for a lot of people. Uh, it was a very scary time. When when things started to normalize uh, a little bit, mid-summer 2020, um, the Actors Union in Vancouver actually allowed us to start doing productions on a very, very limited uh, basis. So essentially what we did, and I, I think this fact still rings true, is that we possibly put on the first live theater performance post-COVID. Uh, we did a rendition of Mike Bartlett's play, uh, Cock. I'm not quite sure if you have uh, are familiar with the play. I am, yeah. Yeah, it's a good play. Uh, yeah, it's great. There is, uh, there's no set. There's no um, uh, 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 set. There's no uh, props. There's no miming. So we were able to get a small crew together and we filmed it live streamed it live and it was live edited to a live audience so we were actually be able wow. we were actually able to perform live to an audience and didn't have to bring them in theater so we used our time constructively during those days that that is awesome now it's a great production and when it came over to the uk because it's it's come over here in you know a little while ago and i can remember it caused a lot of con- con- controversy because of the name and a lot of narrow-minded people need to go and see it because it's awesome but um why what i wanted to know was why acting why not a normal nine to five job you know why endeavor into a career that's quite challenging and very competitive that's interesting um seems like the same question that my mom has been asking me for uh the last (laughs) 20 years um it was, uh, it was, it, it's one of those things where uh, I don't think I chose acting. I think it, it, it chose me, to be honest with you. Um, growing up on the East Coast, uh, acting wasn't something that was in the forefront of, of career choices. Uh, we, I did do some small plays from time to time, some community theater. Uh, but our focus in those days was competitive hockey. That's what we did growing up. And finally, um, after I graduated from university, I was kind of sitting around the village, not knowing what to do with my life. And I was doing what I normally did was watching TV and imitating and going along with the characters that were on TV. And I said, wait a second, why don't, why don't I try that as a career choice? So I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. I packed a backpack, bought a train ticket to Toronto, 
and off I went to uh, to give it a whirl. And the first day that I was on set, I knew that I was hooked and that I'd made the right decision and I've never looked back since. And I want to squash some myths uh, to do with acting yeah. because cause we all think that acting is glamorous. We see you on red carpets, getting awards, your freebies and doing these glamorous fo photo shoots. So how glamorous is being a working actor in reality? Being a working actor uh, takes a lot of behind the scenes uh, work. Um, there is a lot that goes into it. Uh, there's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of class time. And luckily, I love the entire process. So as long as I'm working towards something, it's like, I'm not actually working. I am just enjoying myself and enjoying the craft as I go along. And how, you know, what is the best thing about being an actor? And what is the more challenging thing about being an actor? I think the challenging thing is letting go. So you, you, you spend this time prepping for an audition and you, you put the audition forward and you have to just accept the fact that you've, you've done the best that you can to try to be a cog in the storytelling machine and to, to tell this little bit of information as the best you can to serve the story and then walk away from it and then be expecting that you will not get that audition and then continually go back and do that same process over and over and over again. Some mm -hmm. people get a little bit, you know, a um, little bit jilted about that. But again, like I said, I love the process. So for me, it's just a chance to practice and improve and improve my storytelling. And it's a bit like, uh, I like this segue, because it's a bit like dating. Do you know what I mean? You go up, you do your chat up lines. If it doesn't work, you walk away, you forget it, yeah. you move on to the next one. So uh, I want to talk brief, briefly on a great series that's on YouTube, which is uh, the series that you've written and directed, which is Single and Dating in Vancouver, which is hilarious. It really is. Um, is dating in Vancouver that bad? It, well, it was back in those days, that's for sure. Um, back in like 2013 to 2017 when we were shooting the series, and it rung true with so many people that the ah, there it is. There's the graphic there right go. there. Um, it rang true to so many people that we actually got a lot of press about it because it was just a wide known fact in the city that dating was a pretty tough nut to crack. Mm. And it's very relatable as well. I mean, we've all been through it, you know, like the dating apps. I mean, over in the UK, um, you know, there's a big one called Plenty of Fish which is a big one, which I think everyone's been on over in the UK. I don't know if it's available in Canada or the US, mm. but I love the fact that literally the profile pictures never turned out to be who they look like in real life, which I think relates to now because of filters. You know, I think we're going to get to a stage where we won't be able to recognize anyone from social media to real life, which is quite yeah. <laughs> shocking. Um so is there any plans to revisit this um, in the future? Maybe, you know, being older and, and, and maybe trying to date, uh, you know? Uh, you mean like in like redo some of the episodes <laughs> in the series? Yeah, yeah. Like or re, oh. re, revisit it or do, a, you know, a continu continuation, maybe, you know, an offset of, you know, this sing, 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 single and dating, maybe married um in vancouver or something like that you know 
Um, we well, we we did. Uh, I actually have another six episodes that are already written, and they're the the episodes that you see for season two are a little bit short because um, we wanted to try something different with it. We wanted to have an episode that really focused on a particular character. So we had uh, Troy's makeover episode. Um, then we had uh, Chad with the real estate, uh, you know, uh, Chamazel with the, the fairy princess. And we actually had another episode that focused on the two female leads, uh, Yvonne Chapman and Sherry Rabble. And that one took place in a gym. Um, and unfortunately, we had the gym locations pull out twice days before a shooting. Oh. So by the time that had happened twice, you know, I because it was all self-funded and a little bit of Indiegogo and a little bit of uh, exterior sources for income, um, we just had to pull the plug. And we ended up having to split one episode into two so we could make the film festival circuit because it was a minimum uh, episode uh, number of three. So that's why some of the episodes are seven minutes and then another one might be about 15. But yeah, no, I've got six more written. Uh, and if I ever get a large influx of cash, you can bet your bottom dollar there'll be some more episodes coming out. And the theme song for the show as well. I mean, who sung that? I mean, it's a great theme song. That's the uh, for the first season, correct? Mm, yeah. Oh, that is Jeff, uh, Jeff Goldstone. I'm sorry, Jeff, I'm, I'm messing up your last name here, buddy. Um, but yeah, no, he, he wrote it. He is an actor and he does uh, theater improv in Vancouver. Goldstone, there we go. Goldstone, yeah. right, excellent. We'll give him a shout out. Um, so moving on to uh, Bucketheads, because you know what? Um, I, th I think if people, you know, are not sure what we're talking about is go on to YouTube uh, because it's had 2.5 million views, the first one, mm. which is just crazy. It really is. And it's a fan uh, made, you know, short film and now turned into a series. Um, I've got to say, when people think fan made, they think it's a couple of guys in the back garden with a camcorder. And but this is yeah. a full blown Literally, it competes with studio quality. Well, it is studio quality. Um, you know, I mean, first of all, were you a Star Wars fan before joining the cast? And what was it like donning the suit? Because you play a stormtrooper. Yes, yes. Uh, I have been a storm a stormtrooper. I've been a Star Wars fan since 1979 in the back of my parents' station wagon when we watched it at the drive-in. Uh, I've had the sheets. I had the, you know, the the, the covers, the window curtains, the whole nine yards. Um, still have my collection back home uh, in safekeeping with all the original figures. Wow. Uh, so yeah, yeah, huge Star Wars fan, huge Star Wars fan. And when Marco had approached me, because we we knew each other since the single and dating in Vancouver days, and he says, "I got this series, and I want you to play a stormtrooper." I was like, "Oh my god!" It was like a, a dream coming true because I've always wanted to own a TK kit. Uh, and to put one of those things on is so cool, Brian. So cool. Mm, I you know what I can imagine. I mean, what was filming like? Because you know, it just looks absolutely stunning. It really does. Um, you know, the effects around you. Uh, you know, the sets are just unbelievable. I mean, what was filming like? I mean, was it a long period of time, or was it quite a fast shoot? The original short film was done over a weekend or three days. 
Uh, and in that time, we they did not have a stunt suit for me. So um, the mobility was very limited. Uh, have you heard of armor bites by any chance? Armor belts, no. Okay. So because the joints are so small, the space between, if you move your joints past that range of motion, your skin gets pinched between the, uh. the plastic armor joints. So they call those armor bites. And in the first one, I had to do a run and slide. Chad had to jump into a, a ravine. Uh, by the time we were done the shoot, we were pretty much black and blue uh, in a few different spots. Um, by the time the series rolled around, they gave us a lot more range of motion. Uh, and the series is being, well, has been shot over several months just because of the the scope of the series, the production value of the series, they have to um, raise enough money in order to shoot a different segment. So do we know the plan on when the next episode is going to be? Because the last one was released in June. I mean, have they recorded all of it or is it a case of the recording it and then releasing it? I just spoke to Marco uh, earlier last week and it looks like the next segment is going to be shot in early 2023 uh, and then coming out a little bit later on let's say spring of 2023 do you know what it's just teasing because you know <laughs> it's, it's just great it really is because the thing is we've we've never really explored stormtroopers and i've never mm -hmm. rooted for stormtroopers before you know you watch the films and you you know it's all about luke it's, it's all about you know that side but you never root for the stormtroopers and now you've got a face to the stormtroopers a bit of humanity and it's just great it really really is and it's just a great a great show i mean have you kept anything from that show by any chance i mean you said you wanted to own a suit Yes, uh, technically they did get me a custom suit because originally in the first short film I was wearing Marco's and Marco is just a little bit more slight than I am. So I needed a bit more room to breathe so I could fully um, fully encapsulate the uh, the action that they wanted me to, to do. So technically I do have a TK suit, they just keep it there uh, in the production office. <laughs> and you go and visit it every now and again put it on and you can have you can have a walk around because i just think they just look spectacular unfortunately i'm like a silverback gorilla size guy so i would not look good in one of those suits probably one of the uh, green uh, creatures um i forgot what their name now um but yeah i'll probably suit that character uh but funnily enough, I only found out not that long ago that my wife's great auntie was actually in Star Wars. So, really? yeah, she was. She was in the cantina scene. Do you know the character no. that looks like the bat, the bat head uh, yes. that sits there? So, so she was she was hired to be. Well, she's credited as Aunt Beru in the cantina scene, okay. but she played that character, and then halfway through, Rusty Coffee who's quite well known for other things as well, had to take over because the head was too heavy. Um, but yeah, I've got all her original contracts and and stuff from from shooting that. So that is kept very safe as well. But you should keep all your figures very safe because uh, they are quite valuable and collect, collect, collectible. Thinking back when I was a kid and I had the Millennium Falcon, you would think, you know, if I could go back in time, I'll, I'll be like, don't open it keep it in the box just play with the box just make one out of cardboard you know because they're worth thousands now so let's really? talk about prey 
because this All has right. been so anticipated. I mean, when this got announced, the internet went wild. It really did. And I'm of that age mm. when I can remember Arnold Schwarz- Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers and and yep. every film afterwards even you know they've all been great in my eyes but the great thing about prey is it's hulu's uh, biggest premiere and it's done so well it really really has and you play spy class uh in right. in the film which is one of the trappers if you could talk us through how you got the part how it was presented to you and what was the audition process like because i can imagine it was quite you know kept under wraps because it was quite secretive at the beginning. Uh, very much so. When, when we first, the, the breakdown was basically looking for French speakers. Uh, I am of French Canadian descent, so it's not a, you know, it's my wheelhouse, as they say. We didn't know what we were auditioning for. Uh, at that point in time, it was called Skulls. And we had all auditioned for uh, the Big Beard role, and they had cast us after that. So it wasn't until um, about a week and a half after the audition that my agent called me up and they say, hey, they're, they're eyeing you up for this, this part called Spyglass. And I'm like, okay, awesome. That sounds great. And, and uh, I don't know if he actually told me it was the new Predator movie at that point. So I still thought it was this movie called Skulls, which was great period piece set. And we knew it was the early 1700s. Um, but once I found out what it was, once I got cast, um, I it was still one of those things where like, is this happening? Cause it was a little bit <laughs> surreal that it didn't really hit me until I landed, you know, boots on the ground in Calgary. Uh, and you've got your little, you know, welcome to Calgary and you're part of this production with the welcome kit and the Bible and all that other stuff that it kind of hits you that you're part of this huge storied franchise, um, which was amazing. It was such an amazing feeling. Mm. I mean, did you ever feel like when you was filming it, that it would ever be this well received uh, because the you know the reviews have just been incredible and I've mm. seen it about four times because it's one of those films that it's it's got so much detail uh, you know you notice something new every time you watch it so did you feel that when you were filming it actually this is going to be quite big we we knew we were part of something special um the the, the storyline um i mean dan trashenberg uh, who did 10 cloverfield lane uh you know he's he's got an amazing knack for storytelling uh strong female lead uh the authentic casting for for first nations uh and all this wrapped into a predator movie we we did know we were part of something special and and we we love that and coming out of that and and hearing the reviews like you had mentioned and it being number one streaming on hulu and it was number one on imdb for a couple of weeks and number one not just in north america but like in south america and in other parts around the world um was very surreal and uh again just i, I just can't state how much of an amazing experience it was to be part of this 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 project and personally why do you think it's done so well i mean from your view I would say it just speaks to a lot of people. Um, it's very refreshing, again, to see a strong female lead mm-hmm. who is able to handle, handle, her, handle herself um, and, and take on the evil. And again, it's just, it's an authentic, it's a good story. It's well done. Um, the, the costumes were amazing. I mean, I could just go on and on and on, but I think it just spoke to so many people uh, in mm-hmm. those regards. And the Predator in it is just absolutely amazing. I mean, I've had on the show literally every single person that's played the Predator 
up up to now and i just think you know the work that they do on it is just absolutely stunning i mean what was a premiere like what was uh seeing you know yourself on on screen in this amazing mo movie for the first time it was um to be honest with you i was very shell-shocked uh because i've never been to it was my first premiere in la period uh so it was a bit over situation and you know you go in and you sit down you're like wow i'm about to watch a movie in a theater with the whole like 20th century intro credits um it was again i was shell shocked the whole way through i had to again like yourself i had to watch the movie multiple times afterwards because i think it just i was again shell shocked speechless oh there and, we are there's everybody and, and and the cast is just fantastic it really really is um, yeah. I mean, what 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 was it like working with those characters on set? Because uh, I recognise the gen gentleman on the far right as well from Van Helsing and and a few other great 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 shows. I mean, what was the experience like on set working with the cast? It was awesome uh, with the Trappers because we were um, because it was in the time of COVID. We had this kind of stick in our little unit, so us as the Trappers were a, a little bit of a bubble. <laughs> Um, so it was, uh, Nelson, Bennett, uh, Mike and, uh, myself, um, we, we hung out, we watched the, you know, hockey playoffs together. We did some horseback riding lessons together. Uh, it was kind of instant chemistry and friends for life, uh, with, with these guys. And on, on screen, we see you share some great scenes, um, you know, with the predator, um, coming to get you. Um, but I've got to say in real life, when you're filming, I found this image and I thought it was great. And um, this is uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a bit about behind the scenes. This is Dane, yes. uh, who, who, who one of the uh, guys that plays the Predator. I mean, this has got to put your acting skills to the maximum because that doesn't look scary. Um, so when you're on the floor trying to. <laughs> I just think it's awesome. I mean, um, to, from that to the finished article, I think it's incredible. I mean, was it like that all the time, or did you ha actually get, you know, one-on-one -on -one time with the actual predator in 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 the suit? I did not. I did see the predator in the suit uh, on set in different locations, um, but for this particular scene. Um, I did not get a chance to see the, the predator. That, that was my predator. Dane was, uh, Dane was gracious enough to grace me with, uh, his presence there. <laughs> Bless you. And then the <laughs> internet went wild and I think this is great. And it's a great compliment to this other actor. Um, I think you're probably going to know what I'm going to talk about. So, so when the film got announced and obviously, uh, the internet went wild, uh, especially in Venezuela of all places, um, because yep. they were posting about, you and ryan reynolds which i think mm -hmm. great uh, you know and this is the picture that that did, did did it all and you know what my wife isn't very good on recognizing faces so i showed her this picture and she thought it was ryan reynolds are you serious wow i am totally serious and she loves ryan reynolds so, I mean, what was that all experience like, you know, seeing all this social media saying that you were apparently Ryan, Ryan Reynolds doing a, a bit in the in, in the movie? I just I think that's crazy. The the Ryan Reynolds comparison uh, has been around for a number of years. So for myself, it's it's nothing new. 
um, except it's been on a much smaller scale. So when I used to work in the customer service industry, people would come into the restaurant and they'd be like, hey, you know, you look like I'm like, I have, I have a, a, an idea who you might suggest. Um, I did not realize that all this was going on in the background because I, I usually don't go out and read reviews or I kind of like stay a little bit uh, back from that. And my friend Jen texted me this. She goes, hey, did you hear that there's a Reddit thread? I'm like, Reddit thread? She goes, what about? And she sent it to me. I'm like, oh, goodness. And then all of a sudden it spiraled into these, uh, like you said, articles in Venezuela where they were doing like full-on page articles with side-by-side comparisons. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's interesting. And, I mean, I'm, I'm flattered because Ryan Reynolds is a great-looking guy and he's very talented. And Ryan Reynolds should be flattered as well. I mean, have you have any have have you had any contact with Ryan as 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 he reached out because he's the type of bloke that would. I mean, have you had any interactions with him? No, no, I I haven't. Um, no, I haven't initiated anything like that. I'm just kind of like I said, sit, sitting back and and letting whatever unfold unfold on the internet without any things going on on my end. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and off the back of prey, uh, you know, the fans are, are literally so excited from from this movie that they're coming out with more concept art. And I've got to say to the viewers and list, listeners, well, not the listeners because they can't see, but the viewers, this isn't real. This is a, a you know a con, con concept that I saw on the internet about the possibility of the next prey movie based during World War Two uh, in no man's land. Um, no way yeah and then there was another one that was based in japan um which who knows it would be great to potentially reuse cast from prey to this movie i mean there are franchises that do that so who knows um but i just like the fact that everyone's getting behind it and getting passionate with it because it's been a while since i've seen that for a franchise like predator which which is great um also i wanted to touch um i you know obviously you your imdb is just incredible with roles but i noticed uh something on your social media that you worked on supergirl but it wasn't on your imdb um yes it's just there uh there it is and that is well i can't play video unfortunately but um just after that 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 frame there you get pulled into that lovely, um, you know, mm. lovely sort of, what would you call it, uh, cabinet uh, behind you. Exactly. Uh, was that oh. was that stunt work that you were doing or was that an actual part? Because it's not on your IMDb, believe it or not. No, no, that I, I, I was hired as a stunt performer. Uh, so far, I have done all my own stunts. Um, this is uh, called a wire pull. So basically there's a, a, a bloke behind the wall there. And I think if you can look closely, you see, you actually see the cable going up to a small hole above the armoire. Um, and they give me a yank, uh, and I go flying into that, uh, case in the back and all of the, the cakes and goodies that I go flying into, that's all like, it's all foam, obviously. Uh, but the bottom part is wood. So I had to make sure that I cleared that before going into the back of it. So the stunt apparently went well, um, but because of time, what I was told is they had to snip at that scene a little bit. So that part got, got cut out. So when something gets cut out and it doesn't make it into the final cut, it doesn't end up on your resume and it doesn't end up on your IMDb. Oh, what's, that is just yeah. unfair. So not only you're an actor, writer, director, stuntman, can you play any in, in, in instruments? You know, can you? 
can play the spoons. I can play instruments, but I, I'm I'm definitely not a stuntman. I I have too much respect for uh, what the the men and women who train for that stuff constantly do. Uh, I'm just a guy who can handle a little bit of stunts. Like I would never get hit by a car. I would never throw myself off a building. So uh, kudos to those guys and gals who can uh, who can do that. Uh, but as far as an instrument is concerned, pardon me. No, that's fair, fair, fair enough. I would not want to be hit by a car either. You know, they're crazy. No, but they're very well trained. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I do play drums and I do play guitar, actually. Oh, awesome. So another bow yeah. to your uh, str string to your bow, as, <laughs> as they say. So let's talk about what's coming up next for you, because you've got a Lifetime movie. Um, and mm -hmm. apparently, you know, in the States and Canada, life, Lifetime is quite a big deal. It's quite a big channel. Um, and you're in an Amish sin, which um, which sounds very interesting. Can you tell us a bit about it or is it still under wraps of, of what the show is about or the film is about? It, it is still under wraps. Um, I, I have a, a, some very small talking points, but unfortunately, they don't actually allow me to, to elaborate too much about it. That is fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, it does come out on Lifetime, uh, October 29th, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Excellent. And did you film that in Amish country or was that filmed in Vancouver? Or That was, yes, just outside of Vancouver. It was all filmed in the... Uh, Oh, you're cutting out. Uh-oh. Uh, uh -oh. It was filmed in the Langley. Okay. Okay. It's only because I've been to Amish country. I've been to near Lancaster and on the East Coast, and it's just amazing. It's just beautiful place. And then on C CBC, which I think is great because, because you know, the, 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 the old thing about Canadians not being able to get many roles in the States because of the thing with the visa, and it's a, I think it's an ongoing thing within the Canadian community in the way of actors. But CBC are doing an ex excellent job. I mean, they've just made Sky Meds. They make uh, Schitt's Creek. Um, and mm -hmm. then, obviously, you're going to be in Bo Bo Bone of Crows. Is that correct? That is correct. Bones of Crows, uh, written and directed by Mary Clements, which um, I just found out that there's actually two versions of this. Um, she had cut a uh, film, which was uh, featured at TIFF this year, which is amazing congratulations to her and her team and the they will be displaying a five-hour mini-series on cbc i believe in the spring of 2023 that is awesome and then you're doing washington black i mean the thing is you're so busy i mean i mean is it a case of now you're just going to put your feet up and relax for a little while or is it a case of you've got to always be chasing some something else and auditioning uh, I'm a bit of a workaholic. Uh, I think Tom Cruise once said being on set is his holiday and it's the same for me. Um, I would rather be on set than anywhere else uh, and I love what I do and uh, I just want to keep on working. And one of the last questions, Troy, uh, before I bid mm. you farewell is if you could go back in time to your 18-year-old self, knowing what you mm. know now, what mm. would you tell him? As far as career advice, any any advice, and it could be career, it could be personal, it could be, you know, the lottery numbers. You know what? <laughs> what advice oh, right, would the you give him? <laughs> um, I would say whatever you decide to do, uh, fully commit yourself 
to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and I think that's the, the, the only way to, to success and, and to fulfillment is you, you find something that makes, that drives you and fully commit to it. That's awesome. Troy, you've been a great guest. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Uh, and I look forward to the next episode, um, you know, of, uh, Bucketheads and I can't wait to see, you know, you rest, rest, rest of your work. So, uh, I bid you farewell, stay safe and keep super. Brian, thanks again. Had a great time with you and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, sir. You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends. In my world, it means hope.